Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. During his ministry, Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is the body of Christ. Through his messages, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll-free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. A well-known verse from Isaiah chapter 9 says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government is upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. These beautiful words of poetry and prophecy were spoken hundreds of years before the one to whom they so clearly pointed would come. But a more clear and unmistakable portrait of our Savior Christ cannot be found anywhere in Scripture. These are the words of the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. His book of poetry and prophecy stands as one of the most magnificent in the entire Bible. Today we begin the Old Testament book of Isaiah, and joining us for our maiden voyage into these waters today is Ron Kangas. Ron, we have a lovely but mysterious book before us, don't we? It's lovely because it reveals Christ, and it's mysterious because it reveals Christ. The Christ whom we adore and the Christ whom we enjoy is all-inclusive, wonderful, lovely, and mysterious. This is the kind of attracting spiritual atmosphere that pervades the book of Isaiah. And we invite our listeners to enter into this lovely, cherishing atmosphere to focus on the wonderful Christ and on God's economy as revealed in the lovely and mysterious book of Isaiah. Ron, we've pointed out many times in previous programs and previous books that we have covered now in the life study of the Bible that our burden on this program is not to undertake so much a traditional Bible study where we would go verse by verse trying to understand what each verse means. But we're going to hear Witness Lee in a moment strongly caution against taking such an approach, especially in a book like Isaiah. Why does he issue such a warning, number one, and what will be our approach in the life study of Isaiah? This warning, I believe, is related to the specific burden of this ministry to undertake a life study of the Bible and now of the book of Isaiah. If we are engaged in a life study, then we need an appropriate approach, and that is not verse-by-verse exposition. That approach is most fitting and most suitable for other kinds of study. But this is a life study, and our approach is to focus on Christ. Our approach is to focus on God's economy. And our approach is to cover the entire book of Isaiah, at times surveying several chapters at once, at other times focusing on 
particular verses that reveal Christ and God's economy. So this is a life study. It is also a Christ study. And even more, it's a God's economy study of the book of Isaiah. So we will go through this book in a way that will enable us, under the Lord's blessing, to see the all-inclusive Christ, to experience this Christ as life, and to see and enter into the move of God to carry out his eternal economy. Ron, before we get any further along, let me ask you briefly, who was Isaiah, and what was the backdrop against which he wrote such a book? He prophesied for quite a long time, about 60 years, beginning in 760 B.C., and he prophesied under four generations of kings. So he wrote a lengthy book, and the oracles or the prophecies in this book were released over quite a span of time. So Isaiah surely was noted for his endurance and particularly for his faithfulness. He prophesied concerning Christ. He prophesied on behalf of the Lord. He spoke concerning God's move. He revealed mysteries concerning God's economy. He did this for 60 years, and according to the best historical information available, he was martyred. He was sawn in two. He was faithful in his living, faithful in his speaking, and faithful in his martyr's death. Such a faithful servant of God was the channel for releasing such a wonderful lovely, and mysterious book. We have a couple of short portions of Witness Lee speaking today. These messages were given in 1990, and by that time, Witness Lee was well into his 80s. Those who have been following the Life Study broadcasts will notice a distinct difference in the sound of Witness Lee. Physically, he was a little weaker. And that is reflected, I think, in the strength of his voice. But... Ron, and I'd like to ask your comment here. I know those of us who have been working on these tapes and preparing these initial broadcasts really pick up another kind of quality in his ministry. Yes, there was an advance in age, but it seems like that's not the only advance that had taken place by this time. Your uh, fellowship at this point, Chris, brings to mind Paul's word in 2 Corinthians 4 that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. So Brother Lee, like all of us, was an earthen vessel. And that earthen vessel, by nature, is fragile, it's weak. And our brother, in common with all human beings, advanced in age and suffered from the increasing weakness of the vessel. But those of us who have followed his ministry for a long time and those of us who had the honor and privilege of coordinating with him in this ministry noticed that the treasure kept expanding, kept increasing. The vessel, on the one hand, we could say, was being consumed, was diminishing due to age. But the treasure in the vessel did not remain static. Rather, it was enlarged. And here I would add another crucial element concerning our Brother Lee's pursuit of the Lord. 
He never was contented with where he was. He was never satisfied with what he saw. He did never just rest in contentment with what he knew of God's word. He was always seeking the Lord, always advancing in the Lord, always increasing in the knowledge of the Lord. This continued until he went to be with the Lord. So yes, the vessel is fragile and the vessel was weakening. But amen to the fact that the treasure in this vessel and the revelation from God's word imparted to this vessel kept increasing and increasing. So we have in our brother's person and ministry not only objectively a faithful witness and testimony to the divine revelation, but we also have an honorable pattern of a God-man, a new covenant minister, who allowed the treasure to increase even as the vessel was diminishing. We thank the Lord for such a faithful servant of God, and we are willing in the Lord's grace and humility to receive his portion of God's New Testament ministry for our building up and spiritual progress. Brother Ron, you pointed out that the prophet Isaiah prophesied for more than 60 years. Uh, By 1990, we see uh, Witness Lee now more than 60 years into his ministry. We don't want to make too much of the parallel, but we do think our listeners are in for a treat to be able to be exposed to a ministry that has now aged and matured to this extent. It is rare to find such spiritual maturity. The older one gets humanly, the more mature one will become spiritually. It's not automatic. One can get old and never get spiritually mature. But we need to have the proper value for spiritual maturity in the Lord's ministry. And here in this life study, we have a word spoken from one who reached maturity upon maturity. There is much here for our enlightenment and nourishment. Let's join Witness Lee with his introductory word to the life study of Isaiah. Hallelujah for Isaiah. Isaiah is the first book of the prophets. It means something. Yet we have to realize what he has prophesied is not just can some prophecies. I use the word great will. Some saints questioned, well, uh, there is no such a word great will in Isaiah. I said, yes, there is no such a word. But don't forget, you don't have the term triumph God in the Bible, do you? But the whole Bible talks about triumph God. If you take turn God away, the Bible becomes empty. Isaiah didn't use the term the great will, but what he talks about is the great will. All the prophet's books, they are unveiling some parts of God's universal move. So Ezekiel took the lead to use the word will to describe God's universal move for the fulfillment of his economy. Now, Isaiah takes the lead 
to prophesy concerning God's move. His book unveils to us how God, for the fulfilling of his eternal economy, he has chosen a people, Israel, to be his elect and to be his beloved. Around Israel, we know there are the nations, the Gentile nations. In a sense, Israel was selected, chosen by God. And the nations, the Gentiles, were given up by God. But in God's move, God cannot stay away from the nations. So the nations are very much involved in Isaiah's prophecy. It is not an easy thing to know any book of the Bible. But I will say, in the New Testament, the hardest book to read, to understand, to apprehend, and to enter in is Ephesians. Then in the Old Testament, the hardest book to understand and to enter in is Isaiah. When you come to Ephesians, my the blessings God has given us. What are these? Nobody knows. Then Isaiah, he told us what he has prophesied was firstly a vision, a view. He saw something. Secondly, a word. Thirdly, a burden. He has seen something. He has received a word. And this something and the word has become a real burden to Isaiah. Ron, we heard a reference in this introduction to God's move. And this move of God was referred to by Witness Lee as the move of the wheel or the great wheel. This phrase is not specifically used in the book of Isaiah, though it is found in another Old Testament book of prophecy, the book of Ezekiel. Why is it an appropriate term to use in reference to Isaiah as well? Let's consider three things together, although we have to consider them also in sequence. These three things are God's move to carry out his economy, the wheel as a symbol of this move, and the all-inclusive Christ as the centrality the hub of this wheel. Isaiah is the first book among the prophets. All of the Old Testament prophets spoke something related to God's move. So one element that's common to the prophetic books is the element of the move of God to carry out his economy. Now concerning the image of the wheel, As many know, this image is strikingly prominent in chapter 1 of Ezekiel. But the move of the wheel is not limited to that one book which speaks of the wheel. Rather, that symbol is appropriate to all of the books of prophecy, including Isaiah. So we have the move and we have the wheel. Now we need to see the center of this move and the hub of this wheel is none other 
than the wonderful, lovely, mysterious, all-inclusive Christ. If we realize this, we will see that Brother Lee's word concerning Isaiah's prophecy is very appropriate and accurate. This word concerns, we may say, the intrinsic essence of the prophecy of Isaiah, and this essence involves Christ as the centrality and universality of the move of the great wheel of God's economy. We're not here simply to teach about the wheel or the move. We're here to be in the move of the wheel with Christ as everything so that God's economy may be advanced today, tomorrow, this year, and next year continually until the Lord returns. Ron, we have another brief portion from Witness Lee, and in this portion he's going to help us with some very vital keys to unlocking this mysterious but marvelous picture of Christ. Here's Witness Lee. The Bible has 66 books, and Isaiah has 66 chapters. Isn't this quite interesting? Now, we are going to have a special way to cover this book. Not for knowledge, not for theology, but for life. So many mysterious points, secrets of this book. Don't try to understand this book so much, but try to see the secrets, the mysterious points of this book. Isaiah talks about Christ very much. My every item of what Christ is, or Christ did, or Christ is doing, or Christ does, and all what Christ has, every item has a secret point. Firstly, the most impressive point is this. There will be a virgin who will conceive and bring forth a child, whose name man will call Emmanuel, El, that means God. This little child will be God with man. So there is a need of a secret. There's another verse, verse 6 of chapter 9, which says, A son is given to us, who is called the Father, the Eternal Father. What is this? The last secrets here. Keep in mind what would help you to enter in is the secrets and all the mysterious points of this book. The central thought. Christ is God incarnated in humanity to be the Savior of man, that all the God-created universe which is fallen may be restored and consummated in the new heaven and new earth from eternity. This book, just like the New Testament, covers all the God-ordained things according to his economy from the beginning to the end. The beginning was just incarnation, and the end was new heaven, new earth. You think about the first two pages of the New Testament are on Christ's birth, incarnation. The last two pages of the New Testament 
are long, new heaven, new earth. So you have to realize Isaiah is a real representative of the Bible, especially of the New Testament. Two things you have to point out. Every act God took was for the profit of Israel and for the purpose to bring Christ in to meet all the situations. Ron, earlier in the broadcast, we talked about the way to study this book a little bit, and now we've just heard several keys related to gaining a good understanding. I wonder if you'd mention a couple of these items, and I'm thinking specifically about Isaiah first as a representation of the entire New Testament, and then second, the need to see the secrets or mysteries in this book and not to focus so much of our attention on the details. Concerning Isaiah as a representation of the entire New Testament, I would say that Isaiah is a representation of this, particularly with respect to God's economy. The New Testament is a story of the outworking of God's economy in Christ from the birth of Christ in Matthew 1, to the New Jerusalem in Revelation 21 and 22. Isaiah, the book, is representative of this. All the elements of God's New Testament economy are contained in the book of Isaiah. We have prophecy concerning the birth of Christ, concerning the nature of his human living. We have prophetic words and pictures concerning his redemptive death and his exaltation. And the prophet has much to say of the coming again of Christ and of the reigning of Christ in the coming millennial kingdom. And even this book refers to the new heaven and the new earth. So if we put these various elements in Isaiah together in a logical order, and compare this order with that in the New Testament, we will see a striking similarity. We will see in Isaiah a prophetic representation of all the aspects of God's New Testament economy in Christ. Ron, we have a couple of minutes left today. We began the program in our introduction uh, quoting a verse from Isaiah, I think a well-known verse from this book, from chapter 9, a verse that clearly is a reference to Christ. But this is not the only reference, and you've just talked about how the book of Isaiah unfolds God's economy in many aspects. Give us a little preview. How will we see Christ unveiled in this book? We will see him unveiled in three principal ways. One is we will see that there are specific prophecies concerning him, prophecies that have been and will be literally fulfilled. So in Isaiah 7.14, we have a prophecy concerning a virgin bringing forth a son, and that son is Emmanuel, God with us. This was fulfilled literally, actually, practically, in Matthew chapter 1. Second, there are many metaphors or symbols or figures that definitely refer to Christ. For example, we will see that Christ is called the shoot of Jehovah, that he is the fruit of the earth, 
that he is a root out of dry ground. He has so many wonderful things as indicated by symbols and pictures. And then third, Christ is revealed by certain persons who function as types. In some instances, Isaiah himself is a type of Christ as the servant of the Lord. In other instances, Cyrus is a type of Christ. So if we read Isaiah through New Testament eyes, we will see there are prophecies, symbols, and types all pointing to Christ. Christ is here. Christ is there. Christ is virtually everywhere in this book. We want to know the book of Isaiah, but we want to know it not as an end in itself. We want to know this book because we want to know, experience, and enjoy the wonderful, lovely, mysterious, all-inclusive Christ unfolded in this book and presented to us by a faithful servant of God who knew Isaiah and who knew the Christ presented in this prophetic book. Well, Ron, from our past experience with the life studies of the books of the Bible, we know for certain that the focus of this ministry is to bring all of God's people to Christ and to Christ as life. So to conduct or to enjoy a life study of Isaiah is really to have a Christ study of Isaiah. This is precisely the point. We want the life, the life is in Christ, and Christ is the center of God's economy. So we would encourage our listeners to join with us in a very exciting and profitable journey through the book of Isaiah to receive the life, to see Christ, and to participate in the move of God's economy. Well, a very satisfying and solid beginning to the life study of Isaiah. appreciate, Ron, that we've had you with us today, and uh, we'll have you back as we begin to dive into these items one by one. I'm looking forward to the coordination in uh, fellowshipping regarding this wonderful book. And we are also. Today for Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you'd like to read the works of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, just visit our website, ministrybooks.org. From there, you'll find over 600 complete titles available to read online free of charge. Witness Lee's ministry stood squarely on the shoulders of his mentor and co-worker, Watchman Nee as well as those of countless ministers of the New Testament throughout the ages. The riches contained in his life study of the Bible represent the top, the cream of his 70-plus years of ministry and range in topic from lessons for new believers to commentary and exposition on passages from every book of the Bible. But they all contain practical and deeper truths about the Christian life. Again, this wonderful online resource is available to you free of charge at ministrybooks.org. If you have questions or comments about this ministry or the program you heard today, email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-2233. 
3788. Thanks for listening today.